Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you, as I mentioned, as you can see behind me, I believe. I'm going to talk to you on overcoming difficult times. Overcoming difficult times. And we'll look at some scripture together. But I want you to realize there's a few things that you can do. And we're going to talk about six things here that you can do to overcome times that might be difficult. Let me just tell you real fast. No one escapes difficult times. Nobody in the room. And let me tell you, in the moments of your sadness, in the moments of your struggles, in the moments of your valley, you can oftentimes look up and say they never, it seems like they never go through things. Anybody ever been there before? Um, I'm, I'm maybe at times chief of that. Because when I'm low, I'm low. And when I'm low, no one's ever been there before. Everyone else is riding on a cloud of happiness. And, and I'm over here thinking, why in the world do I have this? I mean, we've had car trouble after car trouble. I finally, after uh, four years, have AC in my truck. And it's been a long, suffering four years, let me tell you real fast. It's been difficult. I, when he gave me the quote he gave me, he didn't tell me that there was going to be a whole lot more. So he hit me really, really hard. But nonetheless, I've got mediocre at best AC in that old truck. Amen. I'm thankful for it. When it was really, really hot, I was driving on the highway to Dallas not long ago, and it was really, really hot. And I was looking at every car with the windows up. You could see the ice in the car just bellowing. There was ice just like people were literally, they were in the car going, they were waving at me, and they were like, it's so cold in here. And I was so mad at the world because everyone has it good but me. And when we're going through difficult times, that's oftentimes your posture because you're human. It's who you are. And so what you got to realize is that you are not the only one going through a tough moment. You're not the only one facing a challenge. You're not the only one that's having, that had bad news. It's just the reality that, that, that we have good days and we have bad days. So the first thing I want you to know is that you got to learn, you got to learn, I know this might be a little bit, uh, I don't want this to be generic, but I want this to be something that speaks to you. You've got to learn to be resilient in the face of adversity. I want you to hear this real fast. I want you to get it. You have, you have, to, you have to commit. You have to be positive that adversity is not going to shut me down. You've got you to uh, have your mind made up. You have to be resilient. You have to uh, um, be committed to what you know God is doing in your life, what, what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your mind, what's, what's happening uh, um, through, through whatever the situation may be. And you have to make up your mind, just to clarify or to speak it one more time, you have to make up in your mind that I'm going to be resilient in the face of adversity. James 1, 2, and 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let me just tell you real fast, this, in a, on a tough day, this is the type of scripture that makes you think, why does it have to be this way? You're down and out. 
And you got that annoying aunt that calls you and says, well, honey, you got to just know, consider it to be pure joy. Whenever you go through a tough time, because your tough time is going to produce a good time. I'll see you, baby. I got to go. And you're like, what in the world is going on? Why is it this way? And what, what's happening? But the, the, the reality is the Lord knows things that I don't know. And his book teaches me things that I don't understand. And oftentimes upside down is the way of the Lord. Oftentimes you get ahead by staying behind. Oftentimes you rise up by going down. You, you, you are oftentimes lifted up when you live a humble life. And so I find that many times the Lord, if you're going through something, it's not that he allowed that to go through to tear you down. Is he's oftentimes allowed something to come into your life to teach you to produce in your life something that you cannot produce on your own. I can't get there on my own. I can't make this on my own. But if you take me and you take a trial, trials, oftentimes for what God's placed inside of me, trials are the ink toner to allow me to produce something that I can hand out and say, this is what I need, but I can't do it without the trial. The trial is the thing that allows me to be hooked up to the source, to the strength. The trial oftentimes is the thing that allows me to say, I can't do it on my own. The trial is oftentimes the thing that wakes me up and tells me you're doing everything you can. The way you want to do it, the way you think is right, the way your mom would do it, the way your dad would do it, the way your grandma would do it. And the reality is that sometimes trials bring out things that are new to you in your walk. So I I find here that this scripture deals with it right off the bat. It deals with the fact that I'd have sorrow. So it says, consider it pure joy. Like a little tap on the shoulder. (laughs) Consider it pure joy. (sighs) My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, you're telling me there's going to be many of these things? When you think about this, this scripture can get under your skin a little bit and wake you up and say, wait a second, this is good? This is the, this is the worst good news I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> because you know that the testing of your faith produces. What does it produce? Produces perseverance to go on, to keep, on, to keep making it, to, to keep on, keep on in life carrying on. We often encounter challenges and difficulties that test our strength and our faith. And instead of being disheartened by all the trials that may come, the scripture encourages us to find joy. I've got 19 tape measures and I can only find one right now. I needed one so badly yesterday. I was looking everywhere and I said, babe, where's my tape measure? She said, babe, if you would put your tape where it goes, you would know where it's at. And I said, wow, that's, that's mind-boggling, really. That's like a, um, I, I felt like some ladies need to just pray for a moment right now. I saw a bunch of ladies look at their husbands just now. But we know, we know you're right, okay? But, Sister Moss, I wasn't talking about you, but I do feel like there's a little witness over here. But, but you know what I did? I got to looking. I was going through everything. I was looking here. I was looking there. I was finding everything I've been looking for, but nothing that I needed in that moment. I was finding stuff that we, let, we had in Rogers that I, oh, there's that. And I was, I, was, I was looking through everything. I went outside and looked in those toolboxes. I couldn't find it. I was looking everywhere. And I can't help but think that sometimes that's how you have to find joy. It says you got to find it. 
You've got to, in, in the midst of all that's going on, in the midst of all the struggles, in the midst of all the heartache, I've got to go and say, I'm going to find it. Resilience is not about avoiding hardships, but about facing them head on. Here's the kicker, with a positive mindset. And I'm probably preaching to myself tonight, to be perfectly honest. I'm, t- I'm probably teaching myself a little lesson tonight. But it's about meeting them head on with a positive mindset. When we embrace Challenges with a heart full of faith and optimism. We not only build our inner strength, but also inspire those around us. So we got to realize that every difficulty that you and I overcome is a step towards becoming more resilient and, and, and empowered in this life that we're living. So the first thing you got to know is you've got to learn to be resilient in the face of adversity. Second thing I want you to understand is that you've got to learn to maintain faith and hope. I've got to learn to maintain faith and hope. For I know, this is Jeremiah 29 and 11. I hope you can see it up there. I've got good news, by the way. We found a great deal on a $4,000 projector. We were able to buy a $4,000 projector for $600. And so the small stuff and CR, first word, all of the above, we're going to make that a large, large screen so that even Brother Moss can read it, all right? I pick on Brother Moss just to pick on Brother Moss because I know he's, you know, I'm picking on you. But there you go, there you go. Well, but I mean it, right? I'm excited about that for CR. I'm excited about that for, for um, First Word. Next time Brother Brett teaches his amazing uh, oneness scriptures, we're going to be able to see those scriptures. Amen? Amen. I'm thankful for it. So that's just a little good news. But uh, Jeremiah... 29.11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for what? Welfare. I want you to think about this in the moment of your struggle, in the moment of your uh, disappointment, in the moment of your hurt. I want you to think, wait, he planned for welfare for me. He planned for me to do well. He planned for it to get better. He planned for it to be all right. So he said, I didn't plan for evil. I plan to give you a future and hope. I want you to get this real fast. He, in the middle of your sorrow, in the middle of a down moment in your life, in the middle of a valley, I want you to get real fast. Future and hope is what he planned for you. He planned something good for you, and you've got to take that word to heart in the middle of all the hurt that might come and say, no, I, I trust in a God that planned a future and planned hope in my life. In times of uncertainty and difficulty, it's easy to lose sight. It's easy to, to, to get our eyes on other things and lose sight of the future and feel overwhelmed by challenges. And this scripture reminds us that God has a plan for each of us, a plan of goodness and hope, even when circumstances seem bleak. We can hold on to the promise that he's given us. Maintaining faith and hope means trusting that there is a purpose to our journey, even if we can't see it clearly at the moment. Napoleon, there was a, a, a I believe it was, I'm going to mess this up. I forget exactly, but I believe it was Napoleon when, when they were in a, in a battle. I read this years ago and it just popped in my head. They, they, uh, 
they went into a, a, a battle, and it was the fog had set in that day, and they didn't quite see it, and they had gone in, and there was a battle that took forth, and when they got that, when they got to that point, they couldn't see because of the smoke that they were waving their flags of, of victory, but they were on their way to fight another battle, and that ended up being the demise of some of his men, but the reality was is because they could not see clearly, they went on and approached the enemy, and the enemy was already defeated, but then it, because it caused more hurt, and go home and check that story. I'm close enough anyways. I'm probably far, far, but close enough. But the problem was they could not see it clearly. And when all of a sudden the smoke cleared or the fog cleared, it was there to tell them what exactly was going on, but they could not tell. And let me just tell you real fast, sometimes we make rash decisions when the fog is still in the sky and we're not sure how to do anything. You ought to go home, take a good bite of a good sandwich and, and, and think for a moment and tell yourself future and hope, future and hope future and hope. This is not the end of me. This is not the end of my story. This is not how it's going to be written. There's another chapter and I trust in a God who's given me a future and hope. And so I've got to know that even as I can't, I can't see it clearly, it means believing that God's intentions for us are positive and that he is guiding us towards a better future. How does he guide us? He guides us when we commit to persevering and we commit to being resilient we commit to overcoming and we commit to saying God I'm moving forward no matter what the enemy might say to me I'm going to go on and so let me just tell you hold on to your faith and that hope be an anchor that keeps you steady during life storms so we gotta we gotta know how to maintain maintain faith and hope. The third thing I want you to understand is that you have to find purpose in suffering. You've got to find purpose in suffering, Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things, God works for the good, and here's the part people forget, of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Suffering is an inevitable, excuse me, suffering is an inevitable part of life. It's going to happen. We ask for a show of hands of anybody who's felt like you've ever suffered. I think we would have 100% participation in the room. The reality is, is that we've all faced it, we've all dealt with it, yet it's in these moments of pain and difficulty that, that we often question the purpose behind our struggles. We ask the hardest questions to us during the hardest times. And in those hardest times, it's most difficult for us to give reasonable answers. We mistreat ourselves in those, those times. We, we, are, we, are, we are oftentimes leaning in an unfavorable way towards the worst part of ourselves in those times. We oftentimes forget about the good. We oftentimes forget about the positive. We oftentimes forget about the overcoming side of us. And we only identify as the failure or the one who sees adversity. We oftentimes look at those moments and we say, you're not worth anything. We oftentimes look at those moments and we draw a direct line to a decision we made that led us to that place. And we oftentimes take that line or whatever surrounds that line and we blur it out of our minds as only bad but never good. And the Lord is saying the opposite thing. The Lord is saying take adversity and make it something that allows you to overcome 
So I've got to find, I've got to find some understanding and some purpose because what, what we find in the Scripture and what J.H. Osborne, the great preacher, has preached before is that God wastes no body or no thing. He'll never waste your hurt on anything. He'll never waste your suffering on anything. He'll never waste your questions on anything. He'll never waste um, a, a bad day on anything. His desire is to what? Produce something out of you that the trial plus you were able to bring out together. So if you treat the trial the right, the right way, everything that's been in you now produces something out of you that was not able to be produced without the trial. Does that make sense? I can't produce this without the trial. We don't have a light bulb without darkness. We find a way to look at the good because what we see in the bad. We find a way to deal with the bad because we understand how good good is. And so we work together, we face it, and we go through it. And so many times we look at the struggles in those moments and we unfairly judge ourselves in such a way that does no good for anybody. But yet when we try to find purpose in the suffering, you and I lift our minds and our hearts from the rare moment that we're living right now and we say, God, God, teach me something out of this. And he says that I want to work all things, not just the good days, not just the strong things, not just the ways that everyone's applauded and, 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 la- and, 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 and congratulated, but I want to take that which was bad that nobody knows about. I want to take that which is bad that you can't even mutter. I want to take that which seems so wrong and, and so difficult in your life, that dark place you've hidden deep in your heart. I want to take that and I want to work that for good, but it depends on you. It depends on you. It depends on you and I've got to find purpose. I've got to look through by embracing this idea of seeking and finding this purpose. We overcome what we're dealing with and what we're struggling with. Every challenge we face ultimately will lead us to growth, transformation, and fulfillment of God's purpose of our lives if we react the right way. When we choose to focus on our faith and trust in God's plan, we begin to see that our suffering is not in vain. I'm never, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to do this every time. I won't always just piggyback. But I thank God for Brother Sean. Brother Sean comes up here many times and he stands and says, I know when I was dealing with this, and I won't share anybody else's story ever, but I, I, I can share a little bit. When he was dealing with alcoholism, I would go home and I would do this. And many times there's a little comedy routine in a little bit that brings everybody in because he's not doing it on purpose. I think you all just know you can't help but laugh, then cry, then celebrate, then cry some more when he's speaking. Because he's just that kind of teacher. He's a great, great communicator. But he'll be up here teaching and say, I know when I faced this many times, I would go home. And he said, I went home and I would look at the Bible and I was done. I was done with that. That's a terrible thing of my past. That I, I don't want to think about that. But yet he works all things for the good according. So, so you're telling me he can take a tough moment. In, yes, I'm telling you, he can take somebody. He drove up, drove up in an old red F-150 going over the bridge. I was with my mom. She said, I think that Sean Morgan, the day he pulled in that drive, he got out of that car. He worked his way up the, the steps and God began to do a work in his life. And so what I'll tell you is, yes, God can take a dark valley. He can take hurt and pain. He can take a bad story and he can say, I 
can bring it all together according to those, uh, those that love me and are called to the purpose that I've given them. I can take that. But what you've got to do is you've got to find purpose. Just as I look from a tape measure, just as we were seeking these other things, you've got to go and you've got to find purpose. You've got to get up every day and go. You've got to get up every day and get the word of God. You've got to worship every moment you can. You've got to live your life holy and acceptable unto God. And he is going to tell you and show you, here is the purpose for the pain that you are living in your life. I believe it. I believe with all my heart that every suffering moment in your life has purpose. I believe it has purpose to it. So we've got to be willing to, to push through. And we have to say, God, I want, I want what you have for me. I've got to choose to focus my faith and trust on his plan. And I've got to know my suffering's not in vain. It can be a catalyst for positive, positive change in my life. Hurrying along here. This is important right here. I've got to learn in moments of overcoming difficulties. I've got to learn to seek support and community. And we're doing that obviously with CR, but you have to do that in your personal life. The greatest uh, place of temptation is in isolation. It's reality. Uh, when we were in, in, in Lowell, and they'll, they'll hear it more here, but I used to say, nothing good happens after midnight. But just tell you, Mom and Dad, boys become werewolves after midnight. <clears throat> Ain't nobody going to testify about that tonight? <laughs> Everyone's feeling a little guilty right now? <laughs> it's just a reality. Let me just tell you real fast. If you have your young lady or young man, your young man with another person of the opposite sex, don't come to me then when you're saying, well, I just let them step and watch a movie in the den together, game a blanket. <laughs> they were up to 2 a.m. I don't know what happened. Don't come to me. I'm telling you right now, nothing good happens after midnight. I'm just telling you, this is basic practical stuff. It's a little detour. This isn't in my notes. This is good stuff, though, I'll tell you. Know it right now. I'm telling you, Nothing. Nothing good happens after midnight. The only thing that's open is Taco Bell. Nothing good happens after midnight. Amen. Nothing. And so you got to learn in these moments when you're by yourself, you're struggling, you're going through a difficult time, you've got to learn this scripture here, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. It says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. What a powerful word. You should not be alone. You should not be by yourself. You find somebody. If, you're, if you feel like you're living your life alone, let me just tell you real fast. You have the power to change that. How do I do that, Brother Jeremy? I'm lonely. Do you have, I know you don't have a lot of time, but do you have any time? Can I come out and help you with your farm? Actually, that's a terrible idea. How about you come help me with my yard and spend some time? Again? It's a terrible idea. Exactly. Let me tell you right now, though, if I'm being by myself, if I've, if I've lived a life of isolation, there's, there's even going out there and helping him grow pumpkins. 
is going to be refreshing. Why? Because I'm spending time with good godly people. I'm going to spend time and, and, and learn some things. Brother Moss's uh, nephew came a few weeks ago, called him and said, hey, we're going to come stay a few days. They didn't ask permission. They just said they're going to come stay a few days. Worth a shot. I want to learn how to can. And he came and they took a couple of days and they learned how to can. And he came and I guarantee you they learned how to can. And I guarantee you this, Brother Moss felt a little sharpened. Sister Moss felt a little tired and sharpened. And I bet you the brother, uh, that, that their niece and nephew walked away feeling refreshed and sharpened. Why? Because the real, reality is, is if I know anything and I could catch on anything, they wanted to learn how to can, but they also needed some time with good godly people. That's just the reality. They needed some encouragement. Isolation is the greatest ground for temptation. It's where, it's where the soil is best for the things to grow that are not good in your life. And so you've got to change that. And how do I change that? I go and I realize the scripture. I'm going to read it one more time. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If, if either of them falls down... One can pick the other up. Guess what? The other might fall at times. You can pick them up. You link up in the military. You link up with somebody. Why? If you go down, someone's getting you out. You get out together. In times of difficulty, it's easy to isolate ourselves and believe that we can handle everything on our own. My Lord, I'm talking to myself tonight. I, 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 I got it figured out. I'll work it out. I'll work it out. It is what it is. I'll get it taken care of. I'll, I'll figure it out. I want to say these phrases because some of you are saying the same thing. It's going to work out. I, I don't know. It's just, I, I, it's, okay. it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Just, I don't want to talk about it. It's going to be okay. It's easy to isolate ourselves and believe that we can handle everything on our own. However, the scripture reminds us the importance of seeking support. So far, everything we've talked about involves finding or seeking. Why does that happen? Because you are, the, you, are the, you are the hinge of all this. You. No one can do this for you. No one can get up and seek it out for you. No one can make this all work for you. Yes, your spouse, your friends, your, your brothers, your family, whatever, can make a call and say, hey, they need help. But then you're not going to change your behavior. But when you learn in these moments of difficulty to get up and seek somebody out, make that phone call. Make that phone call. But I need help. I can't do this on my own. I talked to somebody not long ago that's going through a little trial at work, and I said to this great, great person, I said, listen, when you feel this, you pick up that phone, and you make a phone call. And if you have to have a code word, you make a code word. You have some sort of truce there that this code word means I'm facing this. And so that was something that was discussed because you cannot isolate yourself and make it through these things alone. You've got to go to somebody, and you've got to let them know I'm going with it. Let me tell you real fast. The percentages are that somebody in this room is probably dealing, and I'm just going to talk about it, probably dealing with some pornography, probably dealing with looking at things that maybe should not, you should not be looking at. Let me tell you real fast. Do not, do not, do not hide away by yourself and think you're going to overcome it by yourself. Let me just tell you in this uncomfortable room, I know that this is real stuff we're dealing with right now. It's searching them out, searching you out. It's searching me out. It's looking for anyone that might take a moment and just look a little longer. Just take a brief moment and look because in that moment, everything can change for you, your home, your family, all the above. Let me tell you real fast, if that happens, Jeremy, I need help. I'm going to make a phone call. I'm going to tell you. I, I, I don't know what to say in a brief moment. 
I found myself, but I'm not going to go hide away and isolate myself and tell you to know I'm okay. I'm all right. I'll figure it out. Why? Because then I've got no accountability. The reality is I cannot overcome difficult times by myself. I need to find support and I need to find community. Why? Because where there's support, when I fall, they get me back up. And when they fall, I get them back up. We're going to do this together when we lean. We lean on others for help, encouragement, companionship. We tap into a wellspring of strength that can carry us through the toughest times. We weren't meant to do this alone. I'm hurrying along, but we weren't meant to do this alone. We only receive assistance, but also contribute uh, to the well. We not only, I'm sorry, receive assistance, but we contribute to the well-being of those around us. So reach out to somebody if you're going through a time. Two more little points here, and I'm hurrying along here. Uh, Number five, I said number five. Thank you guys for the resounding response. Learn patience. (laughs) If you're going through a tough time, I've got to learn patience and endurance. I know this tags on to the first one a little bit, but I want you to hear this. James 1 and 12, blessed is the one who uh, preserves, I'm sorry, perseveres. I knew that didn't look right. I was thinking about I was thinking about strawberry jam, Sister Sherry. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let me read the, the world's version. You went through a tough time, you're not gonna make it. The response to that is this: blessed is the one that never faces a trial? Blessed is the one who's never slipped up and made mistakes? Blessed is the one who perseveres. Why would you have to persevere if you're supposed to just have it all buttoned up and together? We cast this image, oh, we got it all under control. We're good. No, it's, it's the one that perseveres. It's the one that comes in beat up, tired, worked up, been fighting, going through it, says, I'm still standing. That one, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. We have to understand and we have to know that our overcoming is contingent upon our desire to seek out help. I'm going to move quickly here, but we, we, we have to cultivate patience and endurance and we develop this ability to withstand setbacks and setbacks and remain faithful through it all and 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 overcome we, we develop this this habit of, of of shedding off the trials that come in life and this prepares us to to be this overcoming vessel that's learned the ability of understanding where we are in the grand scheme of it all and know that he desires to use us greatly but I've got to overcome whatever's thrown my way and I'm coming to a close here quickly, but the last one, I'm going to skip ahead here, the last one, is we have to understand as we overcome these, these difficult times, we've got to find strength in surrender. What does that look like? It looks like me throwing my hands up to my plan. 
and telling the Lord whatever it is you have for me. It was an Uncle Rendell that wrote the song, I lift my hands to thee. Could you help us, Mom? Job arose in Job 1.20. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell on the ground and worshiped. This story illustrates this powerful lesson of finding strength in surrender. In the face of immense suffering and loss, Job's immediate, not counseled, but immediate response was not to curse his circumstances, but to humble himself in worship. This act of surrender showcases a profound strength that comes from letting go and acknowledging a higher power. Surrendering doesn't mean giving up. It means relinquishing control and placing trust in something greater than ourself. Job's actions teach us that surrendering in the midst of trials can be a source of profound strength. I'll tell you real fast, when you're holding it all by yourself and you say, God, I can't do it. You've now given him the chance to take it and him to carry it. Allows us to release our burdens, find solace faith in faith, and gain the resilience needed to face the challenges that may come our way. My uncle, he's gone now. He, he was a young man married in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And in a tough moment in his life, the love of his life found love elsewhere, if I can say it that way. Probably shouldn't share all that information, but I'm, just, I'm going to be real with you tonight. Instead of going and finding himself lost in a bar, instead of going himself somewhere and finding himself giving up on God, he went and sat under a tree and lifted his eyes to God, closed his eyes and began to talk to the Lord and say, God, I need you to help me right now. I'm in a low, low moment, and it's a difficult time. And he began to sing this song.
reach out to him just for a moment. Can we take a moment and reach out to the Lord right now? God, I pray, help us. I'm asking you to help us, God. Jesus, we need you, we need you, we need you, we need you, God. God, I'm asking you to help us right now, God. God, I'm asking, Lord, to lift us, Lord. I pray, Lord, we surrender and we choose to find, Lord, everything we need to seek out as we overcome whatever it is we're facing, Lord. In Jesus' name, I'm asking God, help us. Precious King of kings, you are my everything. Would you do this right now? Lift your hands high to I lift my hands to One more time, precious King of Kings. Oh, precious King of Kings. You are my everything. Oh, I lift my hands to praise your home. love you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all you're doing, God. We thank you for the presence we feel. We thank you, Lord, for the wonderful kids that are in this building, the youth that are in this building. We thank you for all the great people serving in so many different areas, God. And I pray right now, God, whenever you're ready, God, whenever you see the time and you see the moment, you see us fit and you see us prepared. I pray, Lord, let the harvest begin. God, we're putting seed down and we're doing all we can. I pray, Lord, whatever else we need to do, I'm asking you, God, to put it on our hearts. But, Lord, make us ready. Make us ready. Make us ready for the harvest. Make us ready not for numbers, God, but for souls, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, God, I'm asking it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.